0: Why listen to the past, when you can listen to the future?
1: Welcome to the Think Future
0: podcast, broadcasting from deep in the heart of Silicon Valley, California. We focus on innovation startups in the future, not necessarily those and not necessarily in that order. Here's your host. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's great to finally meet you because this is how we meet each other nowadays through Zoom. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization and what you're passionate about?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I am Sean Yorgi. I'm the Director of Strategic Innovation at the Perky-Oman School. Uh, We are a boarding school of about 330 students from 28 different countries, uh, and I believe as many states. Uh, We are a middle school and high school, uh, and my role here is to oversee our institutes, uh, which is sort of reimagining the way education is delivered, Uh, and I am passionate about making sure young people are prepared to uh, be productive members of society and and enter the workforce prepared uh, for a faster changing world every single day
0: yeah absolutely i know education is is ripe for disruption and innovation is there anything like at the top of the list for you that you feel that would that it it really needs like right away
1: yeah i mean i I would be very happy if in education we could throw it all out and start over
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like forget about the it's like tech debt right it's like you've got so much tech debt that it's hard to it's hard to imagine like a complete green field where everything is great but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think in some ways that might work in every in many areas, but uh, we we're so. I mean, education is so foundational now. I mean, how do we even get around something like that? I don't think it may not even be possible, and maybe in small small spaces or small places.
1: So that is definitely what we're looking to do. I mean, we are a traditional college preparatory school, right? We uh, we're we're definitely we've been here since 1875. Um, Our our motto is Salvatore Vivendo, it's solved by living. So uh, when we get into what we're doing differently and where I think there are opportunities to make changes, uh, but I'll start by highlighting the problem. Um, The problem is, if you look at this system, it looks like it was designed to make college professors. Uh, And that's Mm. something, you know, you hear that in in our industry all the time, Uh, but it really is, you know, myself and my directors of each of these institutes Uh, We call ourselves recovering academics. You know, most of us (laughs) have, you know, Ivy League graduate degrees and and we love learning. Uh, And that's why we got into education. Um, But there just came a day when you look at the students and you realize that if teachers love learning and then teach to other people who love learning in that given topic area, that's not every kid. That's not most kids in most subjects. Mm -hmm. So you can't teach a kid science as if they just want to love and go out and be a chemist. Yeah. Uh, you have to teach them where they're at. So, uh, really, it's a what we do is merging uh, pedagogy with andragogy. Um, I'm a pedagogist. I, I learned how ch- children learn. I had never heard of andragogy uh, until I was well into my career. And and it's adult learning theory. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of your listeners probably utilize it or have HR people that are uh, you know steeped in it. So I won't go over the tenets of it, but basically it says every learner comes with context, they have life experience. And so you need to pull them in using that life experience. Every learner values their time and they want to know why, whatever they're here to learn is of value to them. Right. Uh, And it says that every learner has, uh, in addition to that context and valuing the time, uh, what they're doing, you also have to meet them with things they're interested in and engaged in. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's children too. That's ridiculous. That we look at children, like yeah. There's a-
0: there's no difference basically. Oh, <laughs> we're still humans, <laughs> right.
1: right? You know, in pedagogy, I and mean, if you look at very little kids, it works quite well to establish a relationship and then say, "Hey, you know, learning your ABCs is going to be important. Learning how to spell is going to be important because, but you have to trust me. It's going to be important later." Um, yep. But when I'm teaching my father how to use his iPad, he also needs to blindly trust that what I'm telling him will have value once he knows how to do it. Yeah. Um, so what I'd love to see is a a merger of these two gajis into anthragogy. It's human learning. Everyone's on a spectrum and that spectrum changes with every topic. Um, So I I won't go any further into that. But what I will say is I'll cite a study uh, that Ted Ted Dintersmith, uh, he's a retired VC, and he wrote a book, What School Could Be. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love it. I keep six copies on hand in my office. I hand it out to anybody who will read it. Uh, and Ted looks at a study that was done, I won't mention the name of the school, but a rather prestigious school, uh, independent school, uh, private school that is known nationally. Uh, and they gave an exam, a biology exam to juniors, and the average was in the mid-80s, uh, as, as we all grade inflate now. You know, what is a diploma in 2023? It's a usually a list of how many hours you sat in front of an English teacher, a math teacher. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? It doesn't say what you can do with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, And they did this study where they took that exam and any of the juniors that took it, they gave it to them again when they came back in the fall. So three months later, Uh, and they took out anything that was detail oriented, anything where you had to remember, what is the mitochondria is the powerhouse? And, And they made it just conceptual. And the average dropped into the 30s. Oh, my God, that's terrible. We are wasting kids' times teaching them things. One, they don't understand where they'll ever use it. We don't ask them to use it. Their long-term retention rates are nil. And so what are we doing here? We have plenty of room for experimentation, right? Yeah. Uh, and so this is why I love being at an independent school is uh, we can experiment here. Uh, and it's not like the giant cruise ship to turn around the way Arnie Duncan called it when he was the secretary of education, uh, you know, that public school has. So we share what we do. We hope that, that teachers can take something from it, even if they are beholden to politicians who don't understand education, writing their curricula. uh, And we try to get kids in a position. I like to call them Swiss army knives. I want my students to leave with a tool set that they can tackle just about anything uh, because what they're going to have to tackle doesn't exist yet.
0: Yeah. But what you're saying, isn't that common to learning in general? Because you keep hearing about HR training where they say, oh, you know, we sent them to this very expensive seminar and they say it was amazing and they learned a lot. And then you test them again on it three months later, and they've com- almost completely forgotten everything. I mean, yep. yeah, human. I think people retain things that they're interested in retaining, and yeah. if they're not really interested in retaining it, then it's gone because there's other things that are more important. So, I mean, it, it, is it just sort of a, like a question of sort of restructuring people and, and putting them in a different way, or is learning got to be completely different? I mean, I, I, I don't know how we solve that problem,
1: really. Well, so- uh, I, I look at it and say, OK, for years, as long as we've been teaching, uh, we, we say content and then the pendulum swings and we say, no, skills and mm-hmm. then content and skills. And it's like, shut up. It's both. and it always <laughs> But then in addition to that, we need to focus on application. Mm-hmm. It's when you use knowledge and skills that you truly understand them. Right. And so what we do is we focus on helping a student find a passion project. Uh, we have these bins, these institutes. The first one was entrepreneurship. Well, that can be very broad. It's value creation. Value creation can be for-profit, non-profit. Um, it, you know, it can be just about, we had a voter for registration drive once, highly measurable for outcomes, but it used zero dollars. So hmm. we could look how many people voted in the last election, the last six elections, average them after your drive, how many voted now? And they were able to do this and measure it, value creation. Um, the medical Institute is more of a STEM Institute. They don't just do clinical things. Uh, they'll do psychology, they'll do sports medicine. They do, uh, research. Um, so I just sat through a few of their presentations, but it's all, it's something they're excited by or something they're outraged by both are wonderful, right. wonderful fuel,
0: something that they want to do something about,
1: <laughs> exactly. that's what put your debt in the universe, right? That's what, you know. that's right. Yeah. And do it now when the risks are low, right? When you're a young yeah. person.
0: But team. everyone has a different dent though. Everyone wants to put a different dent, right? So how do you even have classes? How do you even have streaming? How do you even have grades? I mean, yeah. it just seems like it's all antiquated. All these all these measurement systems and all these teaching systems seem to be so antiquated compared to the way we should be learning.
1: Uh, they absolutely are. Uh, one of my favorite evaluation tools that I use with students, uh, it's hard on them sometimes because they're not used to getting real feedback. Um, but we put down categories uh, and we change it every year. I let the class decide on the things that are of value.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: And so, you know, I think this last year it was initiative. It was interpersonal skills. It was EQ. And we put this all together. Everything's on a 10 point scale and every work that thing that they do, they evaluate themselves. The teacher evaluates them on that and their peers evaluate them if they were working collaboratively. Mm. And then that all gets put together in a spider graph. And it's it's really crazy revealing when you you see a kid where all of the peers seem to think they're a little bit arrogant and full of themselves, and they report that they're they they have they're trepidus when they work with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like, hey, buddy, what's happening here is you're you're feeling a little insecure, and you're making up for that by by kind of being a jerk to your friend, right? So it, it makes very interesting conversations. If I tried to lay that into a letter grade, which I have to issue, I'd have parents. It, it would go very very. Uh, poorly, I think. Yeah, to do that. Um, so, really, to get to your question, uh, those two institutes, and then we have a design institute, which is human centered design, uh, and we also have an AI institute that's really focused on all emerging technologies. Uh, between those four institutes, uh, totally elective, they don't get graduation credit for it. Half of our seniors this year. It's a benchmark year. Uh, will graduate with distinction in one of those four institutes. Nice. Uh, it's pretty broadly, uh, and we allow that and push that because it doesn't matter what they're learning. It matters that they learn to use the context of their liberal arts education to accomplish something measurable. That's all right.
0: And if somebody comes out of that type of institution, would they, uh, would the companies that are hiring these people, would they understand the value, like the value of this compared to, sort um, typical institution?
1: So, I really, uh, I've only had a handful of students that left here and didn't go directly to college. Mm. Uh, I work very hard to make sure the colleges know what we are. Uh, I find that the college, I bet industry knows that schools like Drexel has a wonderful internship program. Students come out with 18 months of experience, RIT, very similar. Uh, so, I would compare us to those organizations when you're looking at the collegiate level.
0: Right. Uh, and and I really, where do you, what- When do you teach critical thinking?
1: (laughs) So we do a lot, we do a bit of metacognition. So we say, this is critical thinking. You should know what it is, why it's important. Uh, But then we do a lot of case studies. We do a lot of putting them in positions where they need to figure something out. Um, You know, and some of these are as simple as uh, sort of going through discomfort challenges uh, where they have to figure out how to uh, res- find the resolve to do things that they uh, haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's remarkable. Is <laughs> a, a generation that is, you know, I'm, I'm Gen X and have uh, a very Gen X view on the world. So I can be a little bit abrasive to them. Um, but the reality is we have to rip that Band-Aid off because even at the collegiate level, it's not getting ripped off. They get into industry, they don't know what to do and they don't know how to be better. It's exactly. Exactly. Right. right.
0: Well, I'm I'm on the tip, I'm just on the end of Boomer's or original first edge of Gen X. Yeah. And I always thought that the number one skill needed people need to have was problem solving. Right. As long as you can if somebody has a skill to problem solve, everything follows from that. Because if you don't know how to do something, you can always figure out how to learn how to exactly. do it.
1: Right. Exactly. Well, no, and no, then you teach yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. That is if we were going to break down the reasons for everything that we do, that's it. That mm-hmm. is the answer because they are. Uh, I don't even. I don't know how to. Exp- I just started paying for uh, GPT four, and I. Oh, have yeah.
0: to- <laughs> I've been paying for it for a few months now. I'm not too impressed. Let me say.
1: <laughs> but compared to three, it has come leaps and bounds.
0: Quick. Oh yeah right no but it's so inconsistent because the other day i asked it for a description on something i'm i'm launching a new media network and i said can you describe this media network and it it was a beautiful description barely needed any editing yeah. And then today I said, can you sh- tell me what the top three, because I-, I I tried the web searching one where they see, it allows it to search the web. And I said, can you give me the top three AI news stories of the day? And it was like balking, balking, and then it didn't know what it was doing. And then it gave me the same stories from like four weeks ago. And then it said, oh, did you know that uh, Apple has an AI called Siri?
1: It's brand new. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're hallucinating, man. <laughs> I have had it cite things that don't exist, which was a little disturbing. Yeah, that's, that is that yeah. is kind of just, yeah. disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at that, you know, I saw somebody on, I don't know, TikTok maybe, who said, oh, we're going to have prompt engineers.
0: Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, we are. We are all prompt engineers,
1: right? Any, any of us who <laughs> type stuff into ChatGPT. Being <laughs> able to use this technology is like being able to use Word or Excel. Yeah. It, it's not going to be an engineer that has a degree in it. We all need to figure this out.
0: Exactly. What I've had really good luck in is like, you know how you, you've tried MidJourney and those other image generation engines, right? And I always, I'm always i always terrible at that. But if I ask ChatGPT to do a prompt for an image generation engine, it comes out beautiful. So <laughs> that's the yeah. one tip I've got.
1: <laughs> I, I, I saw that as well and gave it a try and it, it, it came out very well.
0: Yeah, exactly. So nice. I, I mean, you're so you which so you focus on you said elementary to middle is that what your, your space is?
1: Uh, so we are six through postgraduate.
0: Six through postgraduate. So you go you go all the way to co- collegiate levels. Yeah. Okay.
1: That that's one of the we've recently partnered with the university. We actually offer college credit for our entrepreneurship class now. Uh, and that's something. I'm really seeking to do ongoingly i think education is especially higher ed is the writing is on the wall that they're they're bloated and fat and they have great rock climbing walls and they're not really concentrating on challenging young people to think yeah Uh,
0: beautiful gyms i love the gyms the gyms are amazing
1: yeah yeah life stuff is wonderful timing but at the end of the day the the students i work with now are starting to question the roi Mm -hmm. Uh, and they believe in a college experience. They want to have that, Uh, but they really uh, have, they're checking their ego by comparison to generations prior to them, Uh, and I think we're going to see that higher ed, in order to survive, is going to turn less from a four-course meal and more of a buffet, Right. Uh, a lot more certifications, micro certs, things like that, Um, so we're looking to sort of prepare them for that world by doing it here. Uh, We'll be offering a certification through the University of Delaware in 2024. uh, That's entrepreneurship and and leadership combined and credit uh, certificate. So, you know, there's no question that a lot of your listeners uh, are probably frustrated with higher ed. Actually, the data sort of looks like they've given up on higher ed uh, in some ways and and just figure they have to train, you know, employees when they get there.
0: Right. Uh, well, I mean, that that's another question I have for you. is like uh, pe- there's a lot of people I know who are saying, what about education for education's sake? right? It seems like um these institutions, they've got two mandates. One is let's educate folks. Yep. And then the other one is let's educate folks so they can get a job or they can they can use their skills to make money or whatever. It's like, and th- there's just this blend of one and the other. And it doesn't seem like I mean some institutions know, okay, this is like a career college. You know, we're putting you through this training. So we know when you get out, you're going to be a web developer or a plumber or whatever. But these other higher institutions, it's much more uh, airy fairy, I guess you could say. It's like they, they've got so much of everything for everyone. There d- doesn't necessarily need to be an output of somebody who has the skills to get a job. And I, I, that's by design, right?
1: So it is. And and I, I have this conversation a fair amount. And like I said, recovering academic, I, I love. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and I I talk to friends who are liberal arts uh, people, and uh, the way I tend to word it and the way we deliver it here is uh, liberal arts education is the context with which we problem solve. Mm -hmm. And and without that context, this is where it goes back to pedagogy versus andragogy. Um, Without that context, I don't have as rich of a understanding. Uh, When I teach kids to think convergently and divergently, well, if you have no nothing to rely on then you can't do either one mm-hmm. uh, So uh, we in fact don't throw out the liberal arts education we uh, say that application is the necessary addition to it
0: yeah um, and isn't it true that a lot of a lot of companies are looking for people with more liberal arts like they're actually stepping away from the stem yeah because they need that they need that broader perspective on things
1: I've definitely seen some of that and some of our students have given that feedback. Um, I think creativity is on the rise. Uh, I think we might have a moment where uh, people with MFAs or design-centered backgrounds uh, that know how to talk to people and interact with them and 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 really suss out what people need, what solutions they're looking for, um, still work. I do feel that when you have liberal arts education in the absence of application, you don't retain it. Mm. And, and so I think... What I when I work with classroom teachers uh, on a day to day basis, I go into what I glibly call the fiefdoms of the science department, where you might have physics being taught in one room, calculus in the next, and they don't jive together, even though calculus was designed to describe physics like crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I talk to those teachers, I say just tell them what it's what it's useful for. Like there's an answer for that, and teachers tend to get defensive. You know, when am I ever going to use this? The kid in the background and (laughs) How many
0: times have I said that? And millions of millions of people around the world have said that in classrooms and after class. <laughs>
1: right, right. You know, and, and it really is of value to just like, there's an answer. I usually, I pick something esoteric, like Romeo and Juliet, right? We, we make kids read a pentameter when they're in the eighth grade, you know, and they, they don't like it. They don't enjoy it. Uh, they don't understand why. It just feels laborsome, even for the, the kids that are good at it. Um, which is all of education, by the way, you mm-hmm. can describe it as hard or laborious. And it's, uh, so that's, a, you know, we're not getting it right. We're designed to think. That's the only thing we do well as a species. Uh, and if you go in and say to that kid, look, you're at a time and you know, you're reading a book about relationships that are familial, they're, they're, they're romantic, they're friends, and it's life and death. And it's a time in your life where that's how relationships feel, like they're life and death. The mm-hmm. ones with your family, your friends and romantic." right? This is a book about you written for you.. Yeah. And, and then suddenly they go, oh, oh, there is a point to this. It's not just something that was heaped on the pile. Uh, and, and I think our teachers need to know what that point is too. They don't always. Uh, and so really, if we add in just valuing their time and valuing their opinion of the, the work that they're doing, it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it, would you see so, so I think we're both the proponents of blowing it up and starting from scratch, but obviously that's not going to happen. Do you you see like some concrete ways we can sort of get in there and sort of crack it open and say, well, here's a path that we can take that may lead to something a little more useful?
1: Yeah. So really, if every kid is expected, uh, expected might not be the right word, but every kid should have a passion project. Now that parents that could be that are facilitating that, that could be a gold award in the Girl Scouts, right? It could be anything that's theirs that they own because the authenticity of owning a thing you know, we say to kids, well, you don't have any real world skills. Well, their real world is a school. And mm-hmm. so they're here. So start a podcast, go ahead and make a YouTube channel, write a newspaper, like what yeah, TikTok do? video, whatever, right? Yes. Yes. We have, our entrepreneurship class has a number of YouTubers every year. And that used to get laughed at a little bit until one of them was making a couple thousand dollars a month. And then all of mm-hmm. a sudden, oh, right. He, he can do this. Um, it is real. So it, it really is. Uh, the
0: derision from the academi- academicians is hilarious, I find, because.
1: <laughs> oh, it is so set in their ways. It is unbelievable. And it's not. Would I, I, Socrates have said that? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But you know what? Use this methodology to get your kid to figure it out themselves. That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kids got to
0: be passionate about something you know right. even if it's video games like yes. my, my son was told to write a paper uh, about communities because he's doing library science and he picked some like smash brothers community and he had it was a huge challenge for him because he needed peer reviewed uh, sources and it was it was yeah. but, it, but it was he was passionate about it he wrote an amazing paper got you know 100% on it so that's what they need they need that connection to the passion and and yeah. and i think the best teachers are the ones who can connect the student and the work to the pat to the student's passion.
1: Exactly, that's exactly right. Uh, and that's when they they lose. We talk about going into a state of flow. You know, the book Flow from years ago. It's when you're in a state of flow that you do your best work. You you are you're able to pilot your own mind effortlessly, and that's mm-hmm. how we were designed to learn. That's how we're designed to think. And so when we find that place, like right right there, he was learning communication skills. He was writing to a certain audience. He had to do research. These are all things we highly value. Yet we say, go do this paper on this arbitrary thing.
0: Yeah. this right. Esoteric topic that I don't really care about.
1: Right. And then the student doesn't get anything out of it, let alone all these high level skills we're looking for. Right. So, we, you know, and I'm not one of those, like, of course we need a good working knowledge of history. Dare it repeat itself. Of course we need basic, you know, in the blow it up world, Most people don't have very good numeracy,
0: Mm. let alone
1: algebra. And yet we make calculus the gold standard of graduating high school.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Same Ted Dintersmith, you know, talked about being in a room of engineers where he said, who in here did calculus uh, in the last year? And like four or five hands go up out of 200 and some engineers. (laughs) And he said, let me guess, you've got kids in calculus. And like all but one hand went down and the guy said, what? I like it. <laughs> These are engineers. These are engineers, right? So if it's not, I don't want to lose calculus as knowledge in society. But if it's a gold standard of where we get in math over statistics, yeah, we're not really doing right. And then when most people can't balance a checkbook, we wonder why.
0: I know that's that's insane to me. I find that 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 insane. And even even my I did, I didn't do mathematics of investment until grade twelve. Like what's going on <laughs> like I should have learned this way back
1: first contact with money exactly yes of course right and 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 i really do think those kinds of those kinds of basic things when you're struggling with those or don't understand them but you have esoteric knowledge it's not serving you
0: yeah
1: right you're not an effective tool in society
0: yeah well we have uh, really quick we have to get to the next segment but uh, I'm just thinking about this scene in the classroom where you have everyone going out doing their passion project it is must be very different from, so your typical, let's get everybody in a row, reading the same thing to like, how can you reconcile those visions? I mean, can you get people, can you get uh, educators to say, yes, let's do it this way instead?
1: Uh, it's messy. Mm. It's messy
0: for
1: sure. Uh, some of the best models I've seen are where a whole classroom might focus on know learning ecology and then everybody has a piece of that oh yeah yeah that would work that would work elementary grades for sure um when it comes to learning um in a typical high school environment um if everybody was off doing their own thing that's an incredibly laborious thing for the teacher Mm. Uh, in entrepreneurship uh and the other institutes we pull it off by basically having weekly one-on-ones with every student there's one day a week where you just sit down for three minutes, and you're like a quick consultant. You know, yeah. Uh, we, we don't push kids down the road. Oh, and
0: entrepreneurship is an umbrella because you can have tons of passion projects underneath that, uh, underneath that umbrella. Yeah,
1: right. Which is a, definitely a different animal than saying, "Can you uh, read this book and synthesize a greater understanding about it?" Yeah, uh, exactly. But you can give choice in the book, mm-hmm. right? Like there are there are ways to do this. Yeah. Uh, certainly, all the way through. Geometry, or even arguably algebra two, you can teach things by having a student figure out when their break where their break even point is with a yeah. theoretical business. You know how to most effectively use the square footage of a of a shop. There are ways that we've found, kid. You know, I, we have a kid that built a Connects pinball machine for fun because we had hundreds of pounds of Connects, nice. and he put it together and he's like, "Well, that didn't work," and then he re put the triangle together and he went, "I understand." the trig that I learned last year, like he saw the application in the angles that he was building the triangles at.
0: Amazing. I love it.
1: Let them play, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I think that the the chaos is essential because a lot of times people look at these. I mean, we do, I do ideation sessions and there's just a lot of times it's just chaos. And sometimes people are looking at it and going, oh, you know, this is, what's this? You guys are playing around. You're not actually doing anything. Like, no, 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 this is all
1: good. (laughs) The, The chaos actually works. It helps. It is challenging uh, to, you know, I, I cut my teeth as a math teacher to start. And uh, honestly, it, it's, it's very difficult to go from something that has a black and white, very clear, linear understanding of something in, into this chaos. But it yeah. at some point became obvious that it's necessary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk. It's time to talk like a uh, think like a future. It's the year 2033, 10 years from now. Are we going to see a big change between now and then, or is it going to be more the same?
1: So I, I, think it's, I think it's going to change far slower than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Right? I, if I were in industry, I would not necessarily be expecting to be well-served in the next decade mm-hmm. uh, by the students coming out. It is changing. There are pockets of people talking, but it is, I call it the inertia of the status quo. Uh, right. So much inertia. Uh, like I said, I'm at a place that's nimble. I have direct access to my head of school. Uh, when we want to change something, we change it. Uh, when it comes to the greater scene in education, I think you'll see disruption with colleges. I, we're going to lose at least 10 or 15 percent of our higher ed institutions uh, mm. in that time frame. Uh, and that's a good point. Oh, maybe
0: we should. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes.
1: Um, if I wouldn't want to go on record. Well, yeah, I, I guess, but uh, <laughs> if I had a guess, it might be a third. Right. And, and that may yep. be a good thing. Um, I think but the, these
0: kinds of things need to happen. I mean, it, this, uh, otherwise, you know, you're not going to get, and this is the thing that people forget. It's kind of like, you know, energy is neither created or destroyed. These individuals will go elsewhere and create new things. Okay. So it's not just if the institution blows up, it doesn't necessarily mean it, it, it's, it might be, a good, it's a good thing because everybody sort of goes and does other things yep. and enriches those other places that they've gone to.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I I do anticipate there being a significant amount of disruption in... um, I think technology is going to outpace our ability to find new jobs for people. Uh, So I do think for my own children who are currently in the seventh and eighth grade, uh, I'm having them focus on understanding the technology so that they're not led by it. If they're interested in going down that route uh, of learning how to couple with it, I think that that's a very positive thing. If they're not interested in it, I'm going to encourage them to one start immediately, uh, upon, uh, being 16, uh, personally branding,
0: uh, mm-hmm. being
1: aware of who they are in the digital world. Uh, and I'm want them to focus on their creativity yeah. uh, and learning to think in creative ways. Yeah. Uh, but that's I,
0: one of the things I found very interesting is that, uh, Uh, Your audience is almost more important than anything because if you have no audience, then no one's listening to you, no matter what you do. So if you're an entrepreneur and you have a great product, you put the great product out the door, people will buy it. Suddenly you have an audience, but if you never had an audience in the first place, it's very difficult to, the building of the audience might even be more difficult than the building of the idea or building of the product or whatever else you're doing. So that's a perfect, that's a great idea. It's like start with a personal brand and build an audience early yeah. So that you can use that audience because people follow people like if you have a new venture, they go, oh, so-and-so's new venture and so-and-so's new venture and they can go through three or four different ventures. But if they have an audience that sticks to them, then I mean, it's perfect. So I always thought that that was really important. So that's great. I wish I could have told my kids that when they are that <laughs> age. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it
1: really, you know, for as much as we've seen when we've seen in education, the, the ugly side of uh people being able to see what you do but there's that much power in the positive side too yeah yeah exactly so, so
0: i do oh go ahead no 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 I, I keep going <laughs>
1: uh so I, I do think that um you know as we look and i mentioned earlier the buffet that's going to come out of higher end uh but i do think there'll be something of a of a, of a reckoning um with the price point right mm. and so if if, if we could educate everybody with a liberal arts education in a vacuum, but it only cost them $30,000 till they were done, that would be one thing. But yeah. the reason the ROI is coming up is because they can come out with a quarter million dollars in debt and a degree that won't let them earn more than fifty dollars or $60,000. Yeah. Um, well, do you it's... think
0: by, in 10 years, we'd actually be able to get to a point where someone could have the equivalent of a liberal arts degree for free from online sources or I other kinds of sources? What? We're already there, yeah,
1: yeah. We're already there, definitely already there. I mean, you'd have to be an active participant in making that happen. Um, nobody's gonna, you know, there's no advisor that's gonna come talk to you. But I think we've been there for probably for ten years already.
0: Wow. So where's the where's the certificate? <laughs> but, well,
1: so this is the thing, right? They, they, there are organizations that issue sort of what I would call life credits, or um, will allow you to test and, and get degrees. Um, we actually had a former student who got an MBA that way in the course of like three months.
0: No way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to yeah. try that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was basically, it was just testing out of everything, right? There was nice. really, he didn't really have to do any learning because he had the requisite knowledge because he had started and run businesses. So mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, See,
0: that's what we need. We need a whole set of, of certifications that are based on, li- on life skills, yes. like real world knowledge that's been gained from all different sources. So you don't have to go to, you know, institution x to get that degree you can go to you can i mean is that is that something we're going to see is that all you said that, it's that starting exists. had to happen now is it
1: yep it, yeah that let me here huh let me pull the window over while we're chatting i think i can find it for you
0: <laughs> oh sorry you can send it to me later and i'll put it in the show notes but i'm, I'm super okay. interested about that because yeah. like i said i mean i feel that a lot so much education is happening outside of school nowadays that it you know it almost becomes more important, and in ten years from now, ten years from now, it's almost like a very small piece of our education will be coming from within the institutions, and you're going to see more than a, more than a third disappear because they people are getting their learning and they're getting their they're getting their skills and they're becoming they're doing what they need to do without having to attend these institutions.
1: Yes, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely that is something we talk with students uh, all the time about. Hey, you know, when you were on that canoe trip down the Delaware and you told your uncle he should put his life vest on, like that life skill, talking up a power differential because it was yeah. what was right, That that's more valuable than what you're going to get on a random Tuesday in in you know class. It, it's a really important thing. Bring that to the table, value that thing and realize that when you converge all of the things that you know, that's when you're your most effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So things are going to get better. Things are getting better. We're uh, I, th- of-
1: I think it won't get better on its own, uh, in mass. Right. What's gonna happen is every, the hand will be forced, uh, because, and that's really high schools are preparing kids for college or if high schools are preparing kids for college, colleges need to change first. Yeah. When they stop valuing a standardized test that is not effective at telling you how good they're going to be at life. Mm-hmm. It only tells you how good they're going to be as a student. Like there's, there's a, disarticulation between what education is supposed to do. I mean, in in my glibus world, I say the system we have is 150 years old and it's made to create compliance. Right. right? And what we need are kids that aren't compliant because they're going to have to solve problems that were created by the industrial revolution. Exactly. We're transitioning out of it. Economy 4.0 needs them to think for themselves and have a little bit thicker skin. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of thing education needs to bring to the table. It's
0: almost like we're, we're going back to being Renaissance men.
1: Yes. Right? Yes. We, the rise need to of the know,
0: we need to know a little bit of everything and be able to w- be flexible enough and creative enough to do almost anything.
1: And have experience doing things. That's the, that's yeah. the critical part is the doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll put yeah. all your information Both in the fun. show notes. Uh, what, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way?
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm going to leave my uh, personal email address is Sean Yorgi, S-H-A-U-N-Y-O-R-G-E-Y at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have just started uh, in this past year going out and consulting with schools uh, and uh, some some in industry that I've met through the Entrepreneur Institute, but my specialty outside of education is the smart dumb guy. Uh, I come in and ask quest- you know dumb guy questions uh, and challenge people to think about things differently, even if they've Already tried that. So uh, you're Socrates. You're basically Socrates. <laughs> that is the exact method I when I prepare to go into a into an industry uh, consulting. I do very little preparation. I want to come mm-hmm. in. I want to hear from all the constituencies that are stakeholders, uh, and from there, I want to ask a bunch of dumb questions that nobody else wants to be heard asking.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and then, and then and imagine out. how much learning that's triggering just by just by asking the dumb questions. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.